Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm Amanda Fisher. I am a pelvic floor physical therapist in Kansas City and have clinics in the Kansas side and on the Missouri side. I want to hop on today because tomorrow is my 37th birthday. And I've been like the start of the new year, like January 1st, isn't really a big time for me to reflect on, you know, where I want to go. It's usually my birthday that makes me kind of like, huh, let's see, where have we been? Where are we going? And what's in between that we need to improve upon? And for this year, it really made me kind of stop and think about pelvic floor issues. I have patients that come in that think their pelvic floor issue is a one and done thing. And I started to really look at the history of my life over the last, I'm still 36 today. So 36 years on what has happened. And I'm going to go through that with you. So my first two decades of life, so zero to 20 years old, I had a lot of bladder urgency as a kid. I had a lot of constipation. I remember number one, like being in cars and us driving from, let's say St. Louis to Kansas City. It's typically like a three and a half hour drive um, where we lived in a small town. And I would need to stop like four times. And that was once an hour. It was ridiculous. I remember going on car ride vacations with my parents, my dad, like limiting the amount of fluids I was able to drink during those 18 hour drives, because I would need to stop 10 minutes after we just went to the bathroom at a gas station. And, you know, in those days we might've gotten more acidic drinks. Now I'm a huge water drinker, but back in the day, soda was well known and I was drinking a ton of it as a kid. And I would get it in the car. I remember we'd be going on vacation. My parents would, you know, splurge and let us have something special like that. And of course it would trigger my bladder urgency significantly. And because it's acidic, we see that whether it's coffee, tea, soda, spicy foods, citrus foods, and then dairy as well. So just to throw that in there in case you yourself are having bladder urgency, I would be at basketball camps as kids gone away for the week or weekends, and I wouldn't poop the whole time. And I would come home so uncomfortable because I hadn't had bowel movements because I liked at that time to be able to go to the bathroom, put my hands around my ears and truly like have time to relax. Cause I thought I was embarrassed by the thought of having people hear me poop. Like nobody pooped at that time. And um, those were just little things that I had kind of brought on on myself in those first two decades of life. And then we get into my 20s, let's say post, so I'm in grad school, so post undergrad, grad school, and I start running crazy um, amounts of half marathons, about six or seven a year, because growing up, I was an avid athlete for basketball, volleyball, and I ran track for a period of time. And I did this with competitive teams, AAU teams. And I went off to college, chose to focus on my undergrad for getting into physical therapy school and chose not to go the route of playing sports in college. 
but sort of training for half marathons because I could do that on my own and it allowed me to be competitive. But I also started peeing my pants at the age of 20 and 21, peeing my pants while running, which was like not something that should be happening. Those muscles should be keeping urine in. But then I also started having pain with intercourse. So I remember um, being with my husband and everything being extremely painful. This is before, um, before marriage and it being uncomfortable and feeling broken and ashamed and ended up allowing us to be distant and not have that happen for quite some time due to the uncomfortable pain and sensitivities that came around it. After we got married, same things. It was still pain, pelvic pain. And then in grad school, I found pelvic floor physical therapy was like an up and coming thing with NPT. And I started diving in during Christmas breaks, spring breaks, summer breaks on learning more about what pelvic floor physical therapy was and how it could improve pain with intercourse. Because for me, drinking a couple glasses of wine wasn't really cutting the deal for me. It was still uncomfortable down there. I had been on birth control for quite some time. And I do believe some things kind of stirred up because of that, but that's a whole nother story that we can go into later. And then ended up, I did get pregnant. I have a history of PCOS that can also bring on pelvic pain. Didn't get diagnosed with that though till 2020. So just a couple of years ago. And with the history of PCOS and with pelvic pain and with about a year and a half of trying to get pregnant, we finally got pregnant, but all those times were painful and uncomfortable. And I remember thinking, if it's this uncomfortable, how is delivery going to be? Lo and behold, I ended up with an emergency C-section and decided when I got cleared at eight weeks after a C-section, my athletic brain was like, go out for a run. You haven't been for a run, just check and still if you still have that same stamina and endurance. So I went out for basically a 5K right as I got the clear to go, which was stupid. That's a dumb decision on my part, especially after having major abdominal surgery. I finished the 5K, but then developed bladder prolapse. So I started having pressure down there, heaviness, fullness, felt like a tampon was still stuck in there. And then also developed pain with intercourse again with those symptoms, had a little bit of diastasis recti, which all of us are planned to have it if we make it 35, 36 weeks of pregnancy. And then um, went on to have a couple more C-sections with exasperated prolapse and having those symptoms last a little bit longer. And then pain with intercourse, I really knew what to do on that. So that improved. The prolapse took a lot more consistency as well with the healing from the C-section to really focus on the consistency of what exercises to do. Your diaphragm and your pelvic floor are made up. They're a team. They're family members. When we breathe, that pressure comes down into the pelvic floor. That pelvic floor lengthens as you blow out. That pressure leaves. It brings that pelvic floor back up. So it should move up and down like a sump pump. When you're holding breath because of anxiety or tension, that decreases mobility in the pelvic floor and that can cause issues. And that is really what I started having happen within my own body and needed to take more time for breathing, more time for stretching, more time for lengthening, but then also building up strength and endurance and giving myself grace and time to do that. I didn't need to be back at six weeks or eight weeks postpartum. The timeline for postpartum is like two years. Give yourself time to move your body, but you don't have to push it to feel that same kind of fatigue that we once felt in our teens. Because now we're older, our body's different. Our body went through major changes with growing babies, delivering babies, and that's okay. So I really just want to put out this podcast for anybody who's like, oh, I'm going to have my pelvic floor issue and it's going to be one and done. 
it's going to be a journey, guys. It'll ebb and flow. They are muscles, just like we have other muscles in our body. We may have injuries that kind of develop over time. And the goal is that you have the tools with working with somebody in pelvic floor physical therapy or following someone online that you're working with that you recognize the dysfunction earlier and then you know what to do to improve it. So just make sure that you're taking time for listening to your body and then taking time to heal it this year. Maybe make this year the year of pelvic floor repair. Or if you're like, man, I've been wanting to get back into doing exercises or doing an online program, make that this year for you to go ahead and put that off. Or maybe you've put it off for too long and it's time to improve those symptoms so that you can have this year of being pain-free, symptom-free, having more time out of the bathroom because you're not in there with bladder urgency or more time having fun with your family. So take that time for you. If you have questions or comments, please put that below with the video and I'm more than happy to help. We definitely, this year, I'm relaunching the C-section recovery guide. The original guide is just exercises. This one's going to have a lot more meat and potatoes to it, a lot more sides that it's going to go more in depth of all the questions that you guys have been giving me over the years and making sure that those are answered. So if that's something you're interested in, I will definitely link our freebie to our new C-section PDF. So this is new and revamped and on our website as well. So that'll be linked below. Check it out. As always, please share this with anyone. Leave a five-star review if it is helpful to you or if you have found to like any of the episodes. And then as always, with wellness in your pelvis, y'all, I will see you next week. Hey, Pelvic Posse. I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again, and make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace out pelvic posse.